0: Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. Well, guess what? In this podcast, we're going to do something that uh, I'm sure has never been a podcast topic before. We're going to talk about (laughs) on a podcast where I talk about the neck all the time and we source these headache and migraine symptoms back to the neck. And we we know the neck is important to think about and, and consider when developing a plan of care and treating these symptoms. What we're gonna talk about today is why stretching the neck isn't helpful. That sounds like a crazy statement to come from me, a physical therapist, who looks at the body and tries to restore movement and function, and especially when it comes to the neck, We are neck experts here at Novera Headache Center, but stretching the neck might not actually be helpful. What I'm talking about when I say stretching the neck is those exercises that you've probably seen, if not are already doing, where you pull on your head to the side, to the right, and maybe you hold that for 30 seconds and you pull the other way. Then you turn your head so you're looking down towards your armpit and you pull your head down. That would be a traditional neck stretch. But what's crazy, this is crazy. We at Novera do not recommend that. And that stretch or stretching the neck in general, actually in large part is not helpful. That doesn't mean that it's never helpful in any situation or that no one ever uh, feels better doing those stretches. There are scenarios where uh, if someone says that that stretch really seems to help, that's okay. Okay. There's not a, there's not a ton of harm done in those. So if you've been doing those and you feel like there's someone helpful, that's okay. But what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to, we're going to bust through a barrier here, uh, and, and provide some insights into why stretching the neck isn't helpful. It's what we're going to do is going to reveal, uh, we're going to talk about the mechanics of the neck, why the upper part of the neck is crucial. Well, there's actually five things, five rules for exercise to address headaches and migraines that I came up with. Okay. So the first is exercise needs to be specific. So we'll talk about what that means, the specificity of exercise. We're going to talk about how exercises need to restore proper function. And that can be looking at either the shoulder or the neck. Uh, We're going to talk about how exercises need to address shoulder tension all right? The shoulder is closely related to the neck. If you listen to my last podcast, you'll know all about that. You're an expert on that now. We're going to touch on that a little bit. Exercise should address stability, okay? Stability of the shoulders, stability of the neck, and then exercise should be sustainable, all right? You should be able to do these things for a long time. If the dentist told you to brush your teeth and floss, you wouldn't say, well, for how long? It was just assumed you will continue that for the rest of your life as long as you want teeth, right? If you don't want your teeth, you don't have to brush your teeth, but uh, in our scenario, if you don't want headaches, you're probably going to have to do something actively to avoid this problem that will lead to headache or migraine symptoms. All right, so why stretching the neck isn't helpful. Let's jump into these five rules for exercise, and if you're, if you're new to this podcast, I want to uh, welcome you to this podcast and let you know that we get down to both, we want to provide you, I want to provide you with the source of what's happening and real practical information that you can take home And do something with, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that actually get better just by applying the things that we talk about here. This is going to be one of those podcasts where I think it's going to be very helpful and applicable uh, for you trying to do self-care, understanding what your neck needs, and even looking for providers because this can be a a tool or a framework and knowing, okay, they, they prescribe these exercises, maybe they're not working. And here might be why, because they don't fit one of these five rules, okay? So traditional PT stretches might miss the mark. If you go to a physical therapist and you say, I have headaches or migraines or I have a neck problem, they very well might give you those stretches I described. You're pulling on the head to the side or your head's rotated and they're trying to stretch your neck, all right? We're going to talk about why that's not super helpful. The other things they might do is they might overload your neck. We'll talk about that a little bit. They uh, they might challenge the systems here, the shoulders, the neck, more than they should be challenged, okay? So there's compensations, there's patterns that our body gets into, and they're not necessarily the most efficient. So the way we move, the way we hold ourselves is uh, likely there's a level of compensation there. And so if we add load to that, it can actually increase the issue. And so uh, we're going to break down these five rules. The first rule, exercises need to be specific. So when we're talking about headaches or migraines, when we say specific, uh, if we're going to apply a stretch to the neck, the stretch itself needs to be specific to the problem site in the neck. So the neck is made up of all these different vertebrae, okay? The upper vertebrae mechanically are shaped differently than the mid and the lower vertebrae, all right? So from C3 down, each of those different bones in the neck, they interact with each other and allow us to do about a combined, like, uh, well, each does about five degrees of rotation with a combination of flexion, side bending, that sort of thing. So the mid-portion of the neck total is going to equal about 45 degrees of rotation. The upper part of the neck, just C1 and C2, those first two bones, make up for the other 45 degrees. Now, when we're thinking about the problem, what is the problem? Why is this person's neck irritated? And why is it referring pain to their head? Well, we know that anywhere from C0, so basically the base of the skull, down to C3, Anywhere in that area, so basically if you're listening to this it's or if you're watching, you'll see me pushing on the upper part of my neck. So it's that fleshy part just below the base of the skull. We talk about it a lot. That's going to be the sensitive area. That's what I'm talking about. That area can refer pain into the head. If we start getting into the lower segment, so C4 or C3 and down, that area doesn't necessarily refer into the head, All right. So, when we're thinking about how do we restore movement to the upper part of the neck, we need to isolate the upper part of the neck. All right. So, if you, and this is the, the primary reason why that specific exercise of pulling on the side of your head uh, is not recommended at Novera. So, when you pull on the side of your head or you, turn, or you rotate and you kind of pull down, what you're doing is you're doing a general stretch. So, all of these different neck joints, are feeling this pressure, this tension that you put through them. Now you've been functioning likely for years with very little motion in the upper part of the neck. And so what has happened over time is the middle portion of your neck has had to pick up the slack. It's had to do more work because almost everyone we see can still turn their head about 70, 80, 90 degrees. It's just not coming from that C1 and C2 segment. So remember C1 and C2 does 45, and then the rest of that 45 or so comes from the middle and lower segments. If the upper part's not rotating, then the middle part and lower part has to pick up the slack. So instead of 45 degrees, they're being asked to do the 70, the 80, all right? So they're being strained and they're being pushed to do more than they want. So if you pull on the side of your head or pull down on your neck— It's not specific enough to target the upper part of the neck. So really all you're doing is stretching the the segments in the neck that are already sort of overworked. And oftentimes when you do this stretch, it almost feels a little bit uncomfortable. Now, to, to be fair, the intent of the stretch is not necessarily to loosen up joints in the neck, but it is to relieve tension that's running through the upper trap and some of these other neck muscles. Now, that is technically stretching or lengthening the upper trap muscle, but the reason we don't like it is because it's at, it, it you do that essentially at the expense of the neck, and the problems that we see arise that lead ultimately to the head pain that you're experiencing, it goes back to the joints, and the joints are not liking that stretch, even though the muscle might get some benefit, and when the joints don't like it, you might even be in a worse scenario. So while you're doing it, there is a sense where it feels a little bit better in the moment because you're getting that stretch through the upper trap. But ultimately, we recommend that uh, people hold off, or we just don't recommend that stretch in general uh, because it's not specific enough to the upper part of the neck. A while back, I made a video uh, talking about how you shouldn't sleep on your stomach. And the same principle is in that. So when you sleep on your stomach, your head's rotated. When your head is rotated, it will default to demanding more from the middle part of the neck. It's not as if rotating your head to the side and laying like that for eight hours is helpful to stretch out the upper neck. It's not the way it works. It just stresses out the mid portion of the neck, which is already irritated and and kind of overworked. Uh, The upper part of the neck isn't isn't moving, and so when you ask it to move and you just set it in that position, it's likely just going to be irritated. And again, it's because of the specificity. The specific stretch needs to be to the upper part of the neck. Now, how do you do that? Well, the SAM device, which there's uh, a portion of this podcast where it pauses, and then I talk about the SAM device. The SAM device does that. That's why I created it. Uh, we also have things like the towel stretch. Um, the towel stretch was created by a physical therapist, and you basically use a towel to apply a specific stretch to the upper part of your neck. When we work with people uh, virtually, that's part of the program. And then also uh, in—oh, man, I can't, I can't remember if it's in our master class. I think it may be. Um, but there's a—the the towel stretch for the upper cervical spine is more specific, so that is one that we like to provide people All right, so that's principle number one is being specific, or rule number one. Rule number two is exercises need to restore proper function. So we talked about how the neck and the shoulders are not functioning properly. You can still reach up overhead. You can still turn your head left and right, look up and down. You can still do all these things, but it doesn't mean that it's efficient. It doesn't mean the muscles are being recruited the right way, the joints are all working as they should. And so those compensations are a problem. And so we need to restore proper function. So when we think about the neck, that really just means we're restoring the rotation that's lost through C1 and C2. When we think about the shoulders, talked a lot about this in my last podcast last week, but essentially it's... restoring the the resting position. And when you reach up overhead and reach behind you and you're you're doing these activities that are in front of you throughout the day, how are your shoulders, um, how are the muscles being recruited so that it's an efficient, stable shoulder? It's not transferring tension up into the neck. So we want the movements of the shoulder and of the neck to be as they should, meaning big muscles doing the big jobs, little muscles doing the little jobs, and the shoulder conditioned to do that properly. And part of that is just retraining the brain and how to how to work, how to recruit these different muscle groups. Um, but in order to retrain that, we actually have to physically interact with the tissue to some extent in order to um, free it up so that it can function the way it should. All right, so rule number three is uh, the exercises need to address shoulder tension. So when we think about If, when someone comes to us and, uh, during their initial evals, we're starting our process. We will likely focus on the neck when we're here in person, we'll do some stuff to the shoulder. When we're talking about things to do at home, a lot of what we talk about is actually more shoulder focused. We don't provide a ton as far as the neck is concerned. So you think there'd be like a dozen neck exercises that we'd have people do, But really, there's not. Uh, A lot of what we focus on, as far as what someone can change or do on their own, is more shoulder focused. And so, shoulder tension is an important factor when we're trying to reduce stress on the neck. So, the formula is this it's pretty simple. We restore function to the neck, and we do that um, primarily through. Hands-on manual techniques. It's and if you're remote or virtual, uh, that's the SAM device that will help restore function to the upper part of the neck. Okay, and then part two of that is we want to reduce uh, tension through the shoulders. So the shoulders are anchored on the neck. There's probably a, a dozen or so muscles that originate either in the spine or in the shoulder, and then attach or anchor on the neck. And so the, they're, they're helping hold your head up, but that's not necessarily their primary role. But when the tension increases, they're just tethered and constantly pulling to some extent on the neck. And so your neck is, is feeling this irritation partially because of shoulder tension. And when we think about the things that are lower risk for someone to do at home, meaning like when I say low risk, it's, What, what can you do on your own that's going to feel good and not put you at risk of like irritating the neck and then causing a headache or migraine? Well, in those categories, it's, it's generally going to be shoulder stuff. Okay. So things like pec stretches, like laying on a foam roller with your arms out to the side, things like rows or different exercises to actually, um, can counteract that tension by getting movement back through your shoulders. That could even be things like talking about posture, sleep position, finding ways to give your shoulders a break so that they don't constantly, uh, translate tension into the neck. All right. So number four, the r- rule number four is that exercise should address stability. All right. One of the reasons that you might have a very low tolerance to sitting if you have a desk job, if you if you work from home, or maybe you you don't work you don't have a desk, desk job, but you just notice you can't sit for very long without these headaches increasing. The problem might be that you lack stability to hold yourself in static positions. Oftentimes the person that's lacking stability will say that their head just feels really heavy, like they're constantly shifting or moving positions in their in their chair uh, in order just cause they're not comfortable. And so the stability to hold yourself in that static position has been compromised to some extent, the small muscles, the postural muscles, they're not doing their job. And then the way that your, uh, the, the way that your spine and your shoulders are positioned are just naturally sort of responding to gravity by having to rely on your neck and they're not stable. Okay. So we need to improve stability. Um, one of the things you can, a a good picture here is, so instead of the shoulders anchoring on the neck, the shoulders just need to support themselves in a sense. Uh, when, when we're not stable through our shoulders, the compensation generally that happens is that levator scap and the upper trap that I talked about in, in the last podcast really rely on the neck to just hold the shoulder up. And instead, we want the shoulder just to be stable on its own. There's all these different muscle groups that surround the shoulder blade, and those need to kick in to do their job to support the shoulders, all right? So this area of of in the physical therapy world, if you have headaches or migraines and you go to a physical therapist, oftentimes they'll be more equipped or better equipped to restore shoulder function. Um, it's still a department that maybe is a little bit up in the air. I've I've, I've seen and heard of uh, patients coming to me who have seen physical therapists who I didn't fully understand why they were getting certain exercises than others, where the the program that was laid out was Awesome. Okay. So if you're looking for a physical therapist in your area and they're, and they can just h- lay out this rockstar program for inc- improving shoulder stability, uh, that, that should help with your, with your neck, with the, with this issue that's really arising from the neck. Cause even though the pain arises up high, C1 to C3 area, that sensitive area we were talking about. Uh, The shoulders are directly impacting that. So stability through there is important. And then it's also stability through the neck itself. We have these deep neck flexor muscles deep in the front of the neck that are, on most of the people we see, it's like they're almost non-existent. It's really hard to engage them. And so oftentimes exercise programs are asking people to hold their head up in different positions where it's... it. It does feel like an exercise for the neck, but it's really just playing into some of these compensations we see. And so um, something like a deep neck flexor stretch can be really helpful if it's done well and done correctly because it engages those deeper muscles in the neck that are intended to hold our head up throughout the day. So if you're someone that really struggles with feeling like your head is heavy or constantly having to shift because you feel tension, something like a deep neck flexor stretch done properly uh, would serve you very well. All right. The fifth rule is that exercise should be sustainable. One of the things we see in physical therapy is that you'll, you'll go through your active plan of care, which maybe is like a month or two months, and you'll get like, A dozen or more exercises, and it'll take an hour or two a day. And then you go in to the physical therapist and you're spending another, I don't know, an hour there, 45 minutes there, running through the exercises, and then they might work on you a little bit. Now, the expectation generally in physical therapy is that you go through this process, you get better, and then you're good. Like you just go live your life. Now, we've we think a little bit differently here at Novera. If we still have gravity and we still have a propensity to have a forward shoulder position, we're still going back to the same job, we're still in these habits that got us here in the first place, then we need to do things that are going to actively pull us out of that. Otherwise, time's not on our side. I talk about that every now and then. We want time on our side. We don't want time against us, okay? So how do we... How do we manipulate this equation so that we can actually do things that are therapeutic enough where we're not constantly worried about headaches popping up? I use the dental world as uh, an analogy quite a bit, but if you're a dentist, um, if you went to the dentist, like I said earlier, and uh, they told you to brush your teeth and floss, the expectation is you just do that forever, okay? So the dental world has their two things that they have everyone do, and that's just because we, we eat foods that change the pH of our mouth or have uh, things that can cause cavities like sugars and carbs. And since we're constantly eating those things, brushing our teeth with something like fluoride, which which is a tooth hardener in a sense, it's, uh, it's a protectant against cavities, All right, So it's just a good thing to do. If you don't do it, you're at higher risk of cavities. So if you're listening to this and you have headaches or migraines, and you're looking for the things to do to prevent your neck from tightening up, um, it makes sense to do an active, to to have two or three things that you can basically do for the rest of your life. And we're going to do those at least daily, if not twice a day, and try to roll them into just our normal routine. So it is very much this idea of, like I said, gravity's not going anywhere. It's still pulling down on us. Our head still weighs 10 to 12 pounds. Uh, even when we're done working with someone, they're not perfect. Uh, very rarely, unless you're a, a young child, uh, maybe six, eight years old, even in the teens, we push for uh, close to a hundred percent as far as neck mobility and things like that. But as someone is in their you know thirties, forties, fifties, we, we generally are not getting like full range of motion back, but what we are getting is 80 to 90% reduction in their symptoms and then to a place where we can start to manage it. They're not just reacting to every little thing and wondering, you know, there's a dozen different triggers and I don't know what's actually causing it. Cause it's and the reason you're in that state is just because everything is inflamed all the time. And so your your threshold for tolerating anything is super low. And so we need to start treating the actual tension in order to see what's really impacting your body. And then when we see those things, we can start talking about how you can be more mindful and proactive about avoid either avoiding those things, or just um, being more aware of whether it's a time of the month or when you travel, uh, different things like that, where you can you can bolster up uh, the things that are therapeutic for your neck, and then those experiences change. All right, so. It's not as if we're selling a product where people come to us, they get better, and then they never have to think about this again. That's not really how it works. Um, we need to continue and think long-term what's sustainable. And so it's, it's less of this, here's 20 exercises, and then once you're feeling better, you don't have to do any of them. It's here's three to four things. Let's be j- diligent with them. And maybe we give five or six. Let's be diligent during our active plan of care. And then after that, let's think about what are, what are the two or three that you can just continue with so that your neck is in good, good shape. All right. So there you have it. That's why stretching the neck isn't helpful. Um, just kind of a pro- provocative title there, but I think it's um, it makes for interesting conversation. And then the five rules of exercise. So exercise needs to be specific. Exercise needs to restore proper function. Exercise Uh, exercises need to address shoulder tension, exercise should address stability of the neck and the shoulders, and exercise should be sustainable. All right. So if you're looking for a provider, uh, use those rules as your framework for uh, what to, I guess, evaluate their plan of care as. If you are looking for relief and you just want to work with us, this is a little snapshot into how we function. We'd love to help you solve this problem. And so, yeah, I I mean, we're trying to change culturally how people think about headaches and migraines. So we're thrilled that you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we'd love it if you write us a review, give us a five-star review so we can continue this and get the word out. Uh, but ultimately we have, uh, just amazing people that we work with and incredible stories that come out of here every day. If you didn't listen to Elizabeth Post's story, you should because uh, it's an incredible story. And uh, yeah, she's definitely um, a bright spot here at Novera. And we have many stories like that. And uh, we wanna we want to help you out as well. So reach out to us if um, if you're in that position where you're just feeling hopeless, lost, you don't know where to turn. And we wanna infuse some hope into your situation. Thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. And tune in next time as we explore and continue to look for areas where we can infuse hope uh, and always educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can ultimately break free from that life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication so you can thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options and how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished, and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.